You're listening to Protect His House on the Armor Up podcast. Our goal is to connect the good news of the gospel with our everyday lives. Here's this week's episode. Welcome to episode four. Now that the NFL and college football are both in full swing, I was reminded this weekend of when I used to play football, and I thought about a specific story. And I was playing defensive line on this team. And if you're wondering why I was playing defensive line, that's a subject for a completely different podcast. But I was playing defensive line. And I remember there was this one game in particular. We were playing this team that was really good. They were huge. They were really good at running the ball. And they were just running the ball down our throats. I remember every single play, I just felt like we were getting driven back. We were getting hit hard. And they were just gashing us for yards up the middle. And when that happened, I remember their crowd was screaming, our crowd was yelling, the both teams were yelling at each other, and our sideline was yelling. There were all these voices. I didn't even really know who to listen to. We were just panicking because we couldn't stop this other team. And I remember at one point during the drive, I looked over on the sideline and I saw our defensive line coach, and he wasn't panicked at all. In the midst of everybody else yelling, he was calm And he gave us these very quiet instructions. And the reason why is because he knew that if we would just do what he was telling us to do, in the end, everything would be fine. And sure enough, once we just listened to him, we trusted the instructions that he gave us, we started stopping this team, even though we were bigger. And this is one of the many lessons I learned from that story. And it's the main idea of today. It's this, the loudest voice is not always the truest voice. The loudest voice is not always the truest voice. In that game, there were tons of loud voices yelling, but the truest voice was actually one of the quieter ones, and I had to go find and listen to that true voice. This idea is also true in the Bible. There's this story of this guy in the Old Testament. His name's Elijah. He was one of God's prophets, and his job was to go and speak truth to these kings in Israel that were not following God. In fact, they were worshiping other idols, they were worshiping other religions, and they were not following the one true God that they were meant to follow. So Elijah's job was to speak the truth to them. And he has just gotten done with this scene where he demonstrates in front of everyone that his God is more powerful than any other idol, than any other God, in front of the king and the queen. The king's name is Ahab, the queen's name is Jezebel, And they are known for being against prophets that speak against them. So right after this victory, Queen Jezebel tells Elijah, hey, I'm going to kill you now. I'm mad at you. You just defeated us. I'm going to kill you. And Jezebel, that was just her reputation. She was known as somebody that would kill prophets. So it's like when people talk about her, she's a Cowboys fan. She likes music. She likes going to movies. And by the way, she kills God's prophets. That was just her reputation. That's what people knew of. So As you can imagine, when Elijah hears that this woman whose reputation it is to kill God's prophets is out to kill him, he responds with despair and he literally runs away. He tries to run away as far as he possibly can. And even after this victory that he's just seen his God prove that he's stronger than everyone else, it's almost like he forgets that. And he enters into this time of extreme discouragement and despair because his life's on the line. And this is what's really interesting. In 1 Kings 19, this is what happens. Is in verse 11, it says this, the Lord meets him where he is. He talks to him and he says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. 
Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. All right, so there's this scene where there's wind, there's an earthquake, there's a fire, and God does not appear in those huge, powerful demonstrations. The way that he appears, if you caught the phrase, was in a gentle whisper. So even though Elijah had seen God work powerfully and he was probably expecting God to appear in some powerful way, the way that God chose to appear to him was in a gentle whisper. That even though there are all these loud voices that were speaking fear into Elijah because his life was being threatened, God appears to him in this gentle whisper. Now, what happens in the Old Testament is God can speak in so many ways. He can speak loudly. He can speak quietly. And this is a time where he happened to speak quietly to Elijah because that's what he needed. But here's what we learn is that in that story, when Elijah is discouraged and he's dealing with despair and everything's crazy around him, his greatest need was to listen to the truest voice. And that voice was God. Now, God today, he may not speak to you in a fire. He may not speak to you audibly in a a gentle whisper like he did Elijah. But what we do know is the biggest way he's going to speak to us today is through his word in the Bible. And this is the reality, is that with all the voices that we're going to hear every single day in our culture, in our world today, in our schools, in so many different areas, those voices can be loud. And we need to make sure we get to a place where we're not always listening to the loudest voices, but we're listening to the truest voice, which is God in his word. And in his word, the biggest thing that he's going to communicate is the gospel. And the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed than we could ever believe. But at the exact same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we could ever imagine. And what God knows is that the more and more you listen to that true voice in his word, the more and more that is going to melt your heart into wanting to follow him into a true friendship with him. And it's going to give you faith to know that God is working everywhere, even when the voices are loud, even when you're discouraged, even when things are crazy around you. So I want to encourage you this week that if you feel shaken today, like Elijah did, if you look at the word of God and you read about Jesus, you're going to find that Jesus is the one who was truly shaken so that you could stand And if you see God for who he truly is in his word, it's going to refresh you. It's going to give you encouragement. And it is going to be the true voice that you need to hear that will most importantly point you to Jesus, who he is, what he did on the cross, and how much he loves you. So the question I want to ask you today is this. What voice are you listening to? Are you like Elijah or maybe things are crazy around you? Maybe you're even a little bit discouraged right now. What voice are you listening to? What would it look like to listen to God's voice in his word, who loves you and wants to speak to you, and most importantly, wants to point you to the good news of what Jesus did for you. God, we love you. We thank you for a time to be reminded of the story of Elijah, that it's not just something that happened in the Old Testament, but it's a reminder that our greatest need is also to listen to you in your word, and most importantly, to see Jesus in your word, and to be reminded of the gospel, that we are sinners Yet we have a Savior and we can rest in that today. Lord, help us listen to the truest voice, not necessarily the loudest voice. We pray that in Christ's name. Amen.